Welcome into the Loud City Podcast. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can find me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And today, we have a special guest, hopefully a reoccurring guest. Yeah, yeah. Xavier. Yeah, Xavier McClure's the name. Thunder's the game. All right. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Hopefully, we can make this a, uh, a reoccurring thing. Yeah, recurring thing. Let's talk first where we left off. Last week, I talked about the week that just happened, and I previewed the week ahead with the Spurs, the Kings, the Hawks, and I said this was a must-win week. They had to go 3-0. and And Saturday night against the Spurs, it started out 1-0. They won 104-94. to What did you think about this game in particular? Well, this game was uh, the second game Brewer started. Ever since he's been in the starting lineup, their defense has been good. Uh... They've been okay as a team, and I think this game was really important just for the Thunder. You know, and everyone came out to play, and not, and not like that Rockets game where they were just trash. Terrible. They were, they were terrible. And so this game was really uh, a proven test for them, you know? Yeah. Even I, though there's no Kawhi, it's not really – you got to have LaMarcus, and you shut them down. They did good. They rebounded. Made the extra pass. They were, they were solid. Yeah, see, I agree with that. And I agree that it was still a big win without those without Kawhi because this was a type of game we have not seen from the Thunder. Yeah. They've played worse competition and have gotten blown out. They've blown leads. They've lost. They've done everything but this. In this game, they really stuck with it. They put the foot on the gas, and they blew the Spurs out before letting them crawl back into it. And whenever they did crawl back into it, they didn't let them get all the way back in. They, again, accelerated and blew them out yet again. And so that was the biggest key to me. Now let's talk about the most important part, Nick Collison. What did you think about Nick Collison coming back into the fold, playing meaningful minutes, and producing very well? I think it was a angel of thunder past. <laughs> he just, like, it looked like a 2012 game out there. You know, he, that's what he looked like. He looked rejuvenated, you know, even though it was, like, for seven minutes. I think he would play, like, eight. Yeah, eight. and so I'm the obvious... Nick Collison, Homer. He played six minutes. Yeah, six. He was good for four. I I think Nick Collison deserves his number retired. I think he's one of the best Thunder players ever outside of Kevin Durant. Russell Westbrook, you know, James Harden, uh, Serge Ibaka. I think he's right there in that echelon of players. I think he's so undervalued. And I think he played very well in the six minutes. He turned back the clock. He made a few great veteran moves. Of course, he's a veteran. That's kind of a cliche to get to the basket, score some easy points. He rotated well. And even I, the president of the Nick Collison fan club, supported him since he was at Kansas. You know, I'm going to his final game. I've I've spent a lot of money on great seats to watch him play (laughs) in his final home game as a Thunder in the regular season. I might shed a tear or two. To be honest with you, he's going to get some minutes. He's, you know, he's going to get. Oh, some he minutes. better start. I want them to lock up a playoff spot and Billy Donovan to go back to his college days where you where you start the walk on on senior day for yep. no reason. I want him to start against the Grizzlies. Okay, <laughs> that's what I want, and he will get the loudest ovation in Thunder history if he starts. But that's a pipe dream. But you know, he played six minutes. He scored seven points. He even got two rebounds. Everyone was was rooting for him to do well, from the fans to the players. Uh, the whole organization, and while he did, while he did show that he still had something left in the tank, like you said, I still think that that is limited to a six-minute role, yeah. a seven-minute role. While I would love, personally, selfishly, for him to get an expanded role and for him to play more minutes, you know, as again a pipe dream because I'm I'm one of his biggest fans. 
I just don't think that that's realistic at this day and age for his age. Yeah, you can tell this is the tail end. And he can only really play against those slower teams, you know, the Spurs and maybe even the Kings yesterday. If they, like, Zebo when Adams went out, maybe he put him back in. But, you know, it's just glad to see him out there again. And I think he's talked about this post-game, you know, just meaningful minutes. Yeah. And post-game, he was very self-deprecating, as he always is. He said (laughs) he felt like the walk-on in college that, you know, everyone was telling him to shoot the ball for no reason when you're at half court, uh, which is something he's not used to. You know, he was always a star at Kansas. He came into the NBA. He's played for the franchise his whole career. He's always been a a key role, a key contributor, whether it's off the bench. Exactly. Whether it's off the bench, anything. He's always played a big role in what they do, did the dirty work, for lack of a better word. And now... You know, he only gets in in blowouts or in games where they literally have no other option, where Steven Adams gets hurt and they're kind of they're kind of struggling to find anything and Billy Donovan gets desperate and throws him in the lineup. Yeah, earlier in the season when, you know, they were trying to figure everything out, uh, Donovan threw him in just so they could stop fooling around all the time. And uh, I think that was a good role for him just to, like, stabilize because they respect him. And he's been in this league for a long time, and I know Russell respects him, of course, because yeah. getting up for that dunk, everyone off the bench, really. Yeah, it's kind of like a thunder, With thunder the ice tradition. Packs on his knees, <laughs> yeah, he just starts screaming, and then, you know, whenever Russ checked back in, and Nick Carlson got fouled, screaming and one, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though he'll do that for missed. all his players, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'll just do it just yeah. to say it. I think he thinks everything. I think he thinks he's in the N one league back <laughs> in the day. Uh, do you have anything else on that game? I mean, it was a really, really good game, especially on prime time where the uh, Thunder don't normally do well. I think Brewer played really well. Yeah. Hit those two threes. Kind of wish you could see him shoot a bit more because he was two for two. It's not like yeah. he was doing the good stuff, cutting, uh, setting screens, just what you need from a two guard to kind of semi-replace Robertson mm-hmm. in his uh, limited role. Yeah. Offensively, he's better than Curry from three. Has barely missed. Uh, against the Kings, he was one of four, but one, you know, one was a desperation heave, and another he got fouled on. Yeah, but I think you know, that he's really done a great job of of what I thought he would do. I've told you before, yeah, yeah, and I've been on the I've been on the podcast last week and week before saying that this move wasn't for a superstar; it was to settle rotations and get people in in the frame of mind of what their job is. Because before he came in, they were plugging in guys randomly. It felt like. Yeah. Billy Donovan was tinkering with guys, and they didn't know what to expect. And now with Corey Brewer, you know what to expect. And he's happened to give you valuable minutes, valuable minutes. When you look at, like, Josh and Alex, they just seemed clonky and out of out of space. Like, the, they weren't meshing with the starters. Yeah, I totally It's like agree. they just knew they were bench players. And, mm-hmm. you know, to be in the starting lineup, I think just hurt them and hurt the bench. Yeah, I felt like they were pressing and trying too hard to make up yeah. for that. And they felt the weight on their shoulder of of losing Andre. And now they're kind of back in their comfort zone. Yeah, because Josh can't do most of the stuff, uh, you know, even Brewer is yeah. doing. He watches the ball too much. He's basically a rookie. Yeah. He should have been and playing that's, last and that's year. that's really the fault of the Thunder organization because of the way that they've handled his situation. Yeah, you know? it's just kind of just wasted. Like, this is what you needed him for. Like, yeah, this, this is why you drafted him in the first round. Yeah. As, as rude as this is going to be to say, this is a wasted player. Yeah, because he's almost what twenty seven. Is yeah, he twenty seven? And, and you kind of wasted his whole career. Now you've kind of set him up for failure. I hope he goes in the off season, signs with a team that will actually utilize him correctly. But last year, why was he in the G League? You yeah. had no chance of anything, and you and you sent him to the G League or then the league. I just don't understand that move. And now you've toyed with him at every at every single step. It's become a joke with the Thunder fans that 
they just screw Andre for lack of a better. I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, Houston for lack of a yeah. better word. And you have to be better than that. And that was just one case. They haven't done that with many players. You know, think about the players that they've drafted or signed after the draft and haven't met, and haven't you know panned out. Mitch McGeary, he did that to himself. You know, yeah, he had, yeah. He had all the issues <laughs> off the court. He's a good bowler, though. Yeah, so yeah. At least he got that going <laughs> for him. And so, you know, that's just one of the frustrating things about this organization. There's not many of them. We've been there. Really very, isn't. We've been very lucky in Oklahoma City that since they've came here, they have provided nothing but the best for the fans, the fan experience, the play on the court, everything they've done have been has been uh, world class. But this is not one of them. They really messed over Josh Hustis. And again, I'm a I'm gonna say this on the front end. I'm a big Josh Hustis fan. I think he can be a great role player for a team. It's just not the Thunder for whatever reason. He just doesn't work with Billy Donovan. He doesn't work with the organization. The coach, I don't think he trusts him. Yeah, I really. Don't. Uh, he was in the starting lineup. I think just because of fit. Mm-hmm. Like this is what Robertson could do. Just throw him in there. And hopefully he can do it. Uh, he's a lately he's been pretty good for shooting the three. I think he likes one on one. Uh, maybe one or two yesterday. The thing with him, though, I think he might leave in the off season just because maybe someone else gives him just a bit more money. Because the the thing they could offer them was like two million, and any team that thinks yeah, he has a pick up his option. That's another thing yeah. that you just alluded to. They didn't pick up his option for what? Why wouldn't you just pick up his option now? This off season, no one's going to have money. So obviously he's not going to get unless you're like dollar. a tanking team and yeah. like who really wants you know a 27 year old rookie yeah, exactly you know? and so I don't think he will go anywhere else for the money aspect of it I think that he'll just go somewhere else because either a like you said Donovan doesn't just trust for playing him. minutes really. exactly they don't trust him enough to to want him back or he doesn't want to come back and have to deal with this again and I wouldn't blame either side for that because if you don't trust him enough then what are you doing keeping him and then for Houston, i can see the frustration i'm frustrated i'm not even josh Houston. this has no effect on me but i'm frustrated for the kid that he has not given he has not been given a fair shake in all this yeah and you can see yesterday in the king's game he overhelped on uh, i believe temple or bogdan yeah. and you know just hit the open three and you know that's not really his fault like he, he's, a, he's a rookie you know you look at terrence and you look at him you don't really think they are but they are mm-hmm. um so I think it's just a disservice. I'll to give him, him a little bit more credit. I think that with Terrence, you can tell he's a rookie. Yeah, with Ferguson, you just kind of think he's a subpar NBA. I mean, excuse me. With Ferguson, you can tell he's a rookie. With Houston, you kind of just think he's a subpar NBA player yeah. that's trying to find his role. Especially if you don't like know the history, just mm-hmm. looking, you know, from a vacuum, mm-hmm. you think this is a scrub, you know. And I don't want to make it sound worse than it is. You know, Thunder is still a world class organization, and. Honestly, the ceiling on Josh Hustis is an above-average player instead of a subpar player. But I just feel like that the Thunder have toyed with him and robbed him of that ceiling. And he's he's still young, but he's almost too he's almost too young. He's almost past the point, yeah. you know. And this is where he gets caught. He's almost too young because he's not young enough to still develop, and he's not old enough to have the the credibility of bringing somebody in to help your team. Yeah, he's just kind of a tweener, and that's in in both size and in you know playing experience and, and what he brings to a team but let's bring this all the way back to where it started from let's let's stop talking about the yeah, wrong, Houston train the, the wrong doing that yeah. Houston is on you know I'm the conductor of the Houston train the Grant train and the Nick Collison train the Grant train he, he's been playing good <laughs> oh, uh, playing someone great. that uh, Donovan trusts is Grant oh yeah he's been playing more than Patterson and yeah and that I mean he does deserve it he does deserve he, yeah his play Patterson also especially play minutes. yesterday yeah. wasn't good he got open looks you know just the fact that them generating looks for him is a good thing. But he just wasn't knocking him down. He did rebound the 
uh, good though. I think he had seven yesterday in the Kings game. Yeah. But uh, you know, Grant, he's been a very good backup center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just so versatile. He really is. And like I said, there's no team that has money, but there's a lot of teams that would love Jeremy Grant. Especially this year. he can do everything. If you want to go big, when in the NBA, no one goes big anymore. But if you wanted to, you could have a lineup with him at the two. Or he can play the five. He's so versatile that that makes up for maybe what you think he lacks in skill. If If anyone does think he lacks something in skill, he makes up for being able to play all around the court. You know, the and, only patient he can't play is point guard. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he can't really guard point guards either, but mm-hmm. I think he can when he wants to. Like, when he moves his feet, like, mm-hmm. and he expects it, he can he can do it. Uh, I think the only thing with him is uh, his shooting. Like, yesterday he was shooting, or yesterday, uh, last year he shot about, like, 36, 37% from three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think post-All-Star break he's shooting around 36, 35%, although he hasn't taken as many as he did last year. And uh, his post moves has been greatly increased from last year. Oh, yeah. He's very good. Because I remember watching last year, and all he did was draw charges and turn <laughs> the ball over because he just literally just attacked the rim. And, yeah. you know, it's not that hard just to step in front of him. But, you know, just he's drawing fouls like Harden does. I don't even know how he does it. Shoots yeah. the most. At, I think it's and the only bench very, player that shoots yeah. free throws. He's very good at getting in front on defense yeah. and drawing the charges instead of committing the charges. Yeah, he puts his hands up, puts his year. body in place. Mm-hmm. And so, I, yeah, drawing charges now instead of just committing them. Yeah. It's a really big step for him. And uh, you just wonder if this is a contract year speaking for him or is this like the real yeah. new revitalized Jeremy and, and Grant? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that He's still so young. He he realizes what's on the line, a contract year. And he also has just now developed. And I think yeah. that that's developing at the right time. I think, yeah, you might see a bit of a drop-off next year. But I don't think Maybe, it'll be a yeah. drop-off to a – I don't think he's going to get paid enough for the drop-off to be so significant that you regret resigning him. Well, I think his skills are fundamental stuff, mm-hmm. like post, rebounding. He's been a better rebounder this year, uh, especially as of late. Yeah, and you know his shooting may come and go, but you know he's he's a he's a better defender than he was last year. I think, especially on smaller guys, he's blocking more shots. It seems like uh, he's just really good center. Uh, he's protecting the rim, and I think hopefully the Thunder can keep him uh, next year. Yeah, I think that they'll, they're going to be able to keep Jeremy Grant. I think that that's going to be a priority for them. Is to be able. To I think the the fatality might be Josh. I think mm-hmm. you know if you look at it. Let's say Brewer stays just because, like, regardless of the outcome, let's yeah. say they get to the second round. I think I think they have a good chance of doing that, yeah, and especially if they playing like Donovan. this. If, if Brewer wants to come back, if he doesn't have anything yeah. better than this, which I don't think he will, he loves Billy Donovan. <laughs> Billy Donovan loves him, and I think he will be back. I think that they will sign him if he wants to continue to play, which he probably does. I mean, he looks yeah. tremendous out there right now. Yeah, he doesn't even look, was it 32, 31? Yeah. And then Carmelo's 33 he for reference, does so he doesn't even age. look close to that. Um, yeah, he's 32. Yeah, 32. I think he just turned 32, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and he's known Billy Donovan almost his whole life. He, Billy Basically. Donovan recruited him from high school in Tennessee to go to Florida University, win back-to-back titles, and now he, he campaigned for Brewer to be a Thunder and he, <clears throat> a Thunder player, and here we are. And so let's talk about Corey Brewer real quick. We're finally back on the Brewer train. Yeah. You know, on the, at the beginning finally, at the buyout, we heard <laughs> yeah. the news. Yeah. It was like, oh, my God. And we talked God. about it a little bit earlier in the show. But let's get back to it. Again, this is the first show we've ever done together. And actually, we don't have any notes for this show due to unforeseen circumstances like our Spur university the Wi-Fi going down. <laughs> so 
we're just flying with it. And we talked about him earlier, and I wanted to get back to it. So here we are, Corey Brewer. What are you thinking about Corey Brewer? Well, when we first got him, and it was a Portland game, he came off the bench. Uh, he was over aggressive. He had a ton of fouls, and you just wondered, like, oh, is this the new Alex Sabrinas? He <laughs> he literally hit the backboard with a three, and it was kind of a desperation heave. And well, he was set, but it it just hit the backboard, yeah. and it's like, well, what what do we get into? Like, who is yeah. this guy? What is he going to bring? And, and I think that that game, I really just threw out of the equation because yeah, that was his first his game, first game. And, he, and he did not have a single practice. With the, with the team. And I honestly think Billy Donovan pressed to get him in. That Billy Donovan loves this kid so much that, or he's not a kid anymore, he's, I mean, he's grown up. He loves <laughs> his players so much that he wants to get him in as soon as possible. He wants to do right by him. And he felt like playing him that early was going to be good, and it wasn't. It wasn't the right move. Uh, you know, he didn't provide valuable minutes, and fans started freaking out. And I had to remind everybody on the Loud City Twitter, at Loud City Pod, that. This was his first game, not only with the team, but with without any experience of knowing these yeah. guys. He literally got on the plane to get because he was in, in Oklahoma City, round, I mean. and then he went to Phoenix, and that's what he caught up with the yeah. team. Then he went to Portland. So yeah. just for him to even have that much energy, you know, when he yeah. played, it's, and it's that just, that right there is the biggest thing he brings is energy. Yeah, I love the energy he brings, and I think that that rubs off on the other players. They haven't had this since since Andre went down. They haven't had this bounce in their step. Uh, and and I know Donovan's talked about that same word, bouncing their step, yeah. and Russ has too. They look like a new team, a really. A whole new team, and his smile's infectious. I mean, he's he's smiling, having a great time, no matter what the circumstance is. No matter if he messes up, if he does well, if someone else messes up, no matter what happens, he's laughing. And I think that that helps Billy Donovan even. Yeah. Because on free throws, the guard usually goes and talks to the coach. And just due to their relationship, that's been Corey Brewer. And he'll go over there after a foul, and he'll talk to Billy Donovan and start, and start smiling at Billy Donovan. And Donovan will, will, will chuckle or, or do something that he's not normally used to. And, and I don't want this to turn, to turn into a, a crap-on-Billy-Donovan show. You know. <laughs> he does a lot of good things, especially in the playoffs. He's a playoff, playoff coach. Playoffs. He's a playoff coach. He is a playoff coach for sure. He does a lot of questionable things in the regular season. Yeah. He's not very good in-game. He's, he's excellent. In a series where you in have series, yeah. you have days in between to, to adjust, but he's terrible in game adjusting. His his rotations have been questioned by many, and I agree with the questioning. I don't think that there's really a method to his madness most of the time. But again, I mean, I could live, I could, I could do with or without Billy Donovan. But he's here. I don't want to turn this into a a fire the coach podcast <laughs> like earlier in the season. <laughs> yeah, you got to get rid earlier of him. the season. Let's just blow everything up. <laughs> Trade Russ. You know, Stephen Nam's gone. Uh, I mean, early yeah. in the season, it was it was crazy, and you know, I don't want to get back to that. I'm glad that they're back on on their the winning track, and you blink, and they're in the four seed. Yeah, I mean, their record they're actually eight and eleven, I think, in their past games. Um, I think in the past six or like four and six, they lost to Portland and Golden State. They've beaten all these bad teams, even though it was a buzzer beater at times mm-hmm. in Sacramento. Yeah, in their last ten games, they're seven and three. Seven and three. With a scheduled one of those losses were a scheduled loss to Portland on Portland. a back to back. And another one of those losses were to the Rockets, the best team in basketball. The best team is one of the losses, and the second is a road back to back. Yeah, road back to back. This has been a great stretch for the Thunder. You know, no matter how it made you feel record wise, wins and losses, which isn't what it's all about. It it helps to get wins, but there can be wins that are more so losses than wins. But nonetheless, 
this has been a very good 10-game stretch for the Thunder. And it's only going to get better with the Hawks tonight yeah. and the Clippers in a few days. And at home, the Clippers at home. I think there's two ways to look at this post-All-Star. Uh, you can look at before the Brewer. Uh, they look like you know a like team. Before Corey Brewer. Yeah. <laughs> now, whenever, I, whenever you came into class and I, and I said, hey, they got Corey Brewer. We did not expect to be thinking that there was going to be a life before yeah. A, A, Brewer, A, B, and... B, B, and A, B. Before Brewer, yeah, before Brewer, and after. Before. But so. he has. He's been a very good player. And I don't know what it was, but Russ was terrible. He was he really awful was. after the All-Star break. So was Paul George. Paul George is he just couldn't now... couldn't shoot. He's just now getting back into it. I think he looked like his old self in that Kings mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I think because you know sure. the Suns Russell has turned it yeah. around as well, and I don't know what that has to do with Corey Brewer, if anything. But it's just a a coincidence that they've turned this around. Well, I think for uh, ever since he's been in the starting lineup, they've only allowed a hundred points once, and that was yesterday to the Kings, and it was a one on one, and a pretty questionable fouls. So you you even think that would they even got to 100 besides those fouls. Yeah. But their defense has really, even though it doesn't seem like it, has really been clamping down. They've been allowing 115 since Robertson went down. Mm-hmm. And even though Josh, with the starters, defensively has some good metrics, you know, it just, it just doesn't fit in the starting lineup. Yeah. And I don't think that's a coincidence. It's four games now, I believe. Oh, three when he's been starting. Yeah. And they're undefeated with him as a starter. And their defense has really been really been good. Uh, he does a lot of good things for the on the defensive end and even offense. You know, he's moving, he's cutting. They look for him, and I think that's the most important thing yeah. is that they actually look for him and get him involved. And you said it; they're three and zero with him as a starter. And if you're a pessimistic fan, like I can be, most of the time I do take the pessimistic approach. I think that that's oftentimes the realistic approach is to be a pessimist and see what happens. And yeah, the teams that they've beaten haven't been too great. You know, no, this is the team they should have been beating at the beginning of the year exactly. easily. Should have, but they hadn't been beaten. Yeah. And if they did, it would be a, a win that felt like a loss. And that's yeah. what the Thunder had to get rid of, and they did. They blew out the Suns. They blew out the Spurs twice in one game. Now, that yeah. was a fall of their own. They shouldn't have to do it twice, but they did. They did it twice, and they saw trouble, they felt trouble, and then they got out of trouble. And that's something that this team hasn't been resilient enough yeah. to do in the past. And that's Especially in the beginning, sign. yeah. And then against the Kings last night, there's no excuse for that. You know, they came out poor, they came out sloppy, but lucky for them, the Kings did too. <laughs> and so those kind of games just happen in the NBA. Now, they've happened to the Thunder a lot more this year than they should happen, but that's what—that's just what kind of happens in the NBA. You're going to have games where no team can shoot, uh, and you're going to have games where one team can and one team can't, and you just hope that those nights are few and far between. But for the Thunder, let's talk about Steven Adams. Yeah, I was just about to talk about him, because if you look at these past two games, they had a just without him in the after the third quarter, went out first game in the Spurs with the ankle injury after rolling it, and this last game against the Kings because uh, was it Zebo and mm-hmm. uh, Bogdan pushed him down, yeah, and he hurt his hip. And the Spurs ankle roll looked just disgusting. I, I felt that that might have been weeks. Uh, he was able to turn around and play against the Kings. That Spurs yeah. ankle roll looked disgusting. Then obviously last night. He's questionable for today. I don't think that he should be questionable. I don't think he should. Yeah, play. he shouldn't play. He shouldn't play because you he need him against not, the Clippers. He might Clippers. not should play. He might not. That was kind of terrible grammar. But he might not play Friday, and I would not be opposed to that. No matter if he's health, quote unquote, healthy or not. I'd have him on a minutes restriction mm-hmm. on the Clippers game. Yeah, because these games are important. 
the, the seeding, I mean, the Thunder went from seven to four in three days. Yeah. The Thunder went from me writing an article about them possibly missing the playoffs. Yeah, which fans, looked very likely at the and, time. And fans hitting the panic button, saying saying stuff that the Thunder should tank and get their pick back, even though <laughs> that's, that's just false. Saying stuff like that to now the four seed. And Portland at least playing, for a day, yeah, at, at least, least for a day. Because Pelicans play today mm-hmm. and... Uh, and, the, and whenever they play on Thursday, yeah. Kawhi won't be in the lineup for the Spurs against the Pelicans. That came out. And you even wonder if Kawhi should even come back at this point. I really point. don't think he should. I, like, let's say these top six teams, uh, they, they go uh, you know, past the Spurs, and they keep winning, and they don't lose as much mm-hmm. as they as the Spurs do. And you just look at the Spurs, like all the, I think, They're going to miss the playoffs. I don't know, but three through it's scary. It's scary. Okay, I I get it. It's it's a bet that no betting man should make because you're betting against something that's so ingrained in you. It'd be like betting against the Patriots mid playoffs. I get that they are such a dynasty, but they're not going to make the playoffs. They're just not good enough. Well, right now the the West is Houston, Golden State, obviously, yeah, Portland. Portland. Portland's at uh, three, three, and there are two games ahead of the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder at four. The Pelicans are a half game back of the Thunder. So are the twin, uh, Twins. <laughs> so the Timberwolves. Uh, baseball is coming up. Uh, so are the Timberwolves at six. The Clippers are at seven, where the I, Thunder I were just four days the ago. Clippers, the Clippers are not a playoff team. They're really they, not. They might get in, but I'm saying that they're not a playoff team in the sense of they're not good enough. Yeah, they'd get swept if they were in the playoffs. I think Denver's better than the Clippers. I think that that's going to fluctuate. Obviously, they all have 16. They're all 16 games back of the uh, you know Warriors, but that just means that they're all tied you know, for the for the last playoff spot. But right now, in the playoffs, if it starts today, I hate that question. Yeah. But let's just roll with it. We're officially podcasters now. We're going to do hypothetical <laughs> cliche questions about sports. You have the Houston Rockets, Golden State Warriors, Portland Trailblazers, Thunder, Pelicans, Timberwolves, Clippers, uh, Jazz. And then you have Denver and, and San Antonio. Those are the only two teams that are Looking not in the playoffs out. right now that are in the hunt still. The, the Lakers are still seven wins back, six in the loss column back of both the Nuggets and the yeah, I uh, think Spurs. They won't get in. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's uh, – the, the Lakers, I, I just did that to show the, the disparity between the teams that yeah. are in the hunt and the next team. The it's next it's team, really narrow. This is like yeah. top ten teams. It's, it's very small. It's a very small field of teams to get in. But they're all very close together, including the Thunder. The Thunder yeah. still aren't out they're of the woods They're still not yet. clear. They're still, they happen to be the four seed right now. It feels great. But here in a few weeks, the Pelicans you know, win and Minnesota the Pelicans win and you lose and Portland continues to tear it up in Rip City and you're back down to the seventh seed. You're back down to maybe out of the playoffs. I mean, the West is so crazy, but there's still just 10 teams vying for eight spots. And there's what, and, 15 games left. Yeah. And, and I don't think 15 or 16. And I don't think that the Spurs are good enough to keep pace. I don't I really don't. I think that the I th- more I think have, the coaching is worn out. Like there's only so much you can do so as a coach. Do. I, don't, I don't think that is. I and they have the hard, a hard yeah. schedule. I they think do. they have the hardest. Every team has a hard schedule now. Yeah. The Thunder have a hard schedule coming up. Obviously not this week with the Hawks and Clippers. But coming up, they have a hard schedule with, this, with the uh, Raptors, the Celtics. Basically and, 11 straight against mm-hmm, playoff teams. Mm-hmm. When there's only 15 games left. And I think the last two are like, uh, was it the Grizzlies? I know mm-hmm. that's the last yeah, one. The Grizzlies is the last game. I'll be there for Nick Collison. <laughs> Say hi, Nick. And I think there's another one before that was the OK team, maybe the Heat mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, the Heat. Yeah, they play a couple games against the Heat in the last two weeks of the season. And they, they might haven't even, been playing the Heat. Yeah, know? they might even be a playoff team. But for the and Spurs, I think the Heat will be. I'm really high on the Heat. For I the hope they. I, I thought they would at first, mm-hmm. but they've been. They kind of tampered off. They're, they've been like the Thunder, you know. They've been up and down. 
a middling East team that's still up and down from the playoffs to none. The they were a four seed at once too. They were so. yes, and Josh Richardson was playing amazing. And he tampered off, and that kind of went with the season. And D Wade's back, and he's doing great. He did games. all he could, but yeah. And I think he got hurt last night or the night before. Yeah, he didn't play yesterday. But I just don't think that the Spurs are good enough. And that's again, that's something that's, that's unheard of. But this is not your father's Spurs. This isn't even your Spurs from last year, or the year prior. And I don't think it's Greg Popovich so much as it's just the talent exactly, on the roster just and too many injuries. Talent. He's coasted up to its max ability, and its max ability is a ten seed in the West. And that's just unfortunate for Spurs fans but you know welcome to reality yeah, yeah and uh you wonder if Kawhi should even come back oh, which no. because even if he does come back, what is he like even, let's say the Spurs pull the unthinkable and they get seventh or eighth which is probably their top that's, that's, yeah, top that's their absolute ceiling, ceiling would ceiling. be a seventh or eighth seed and they have to play either the Rockets or the Warriors yeah now Greg Popovich he's not going to go down lightly if he gets in no. a series with those two he'll give him a run he'll be five six seven games but he will, but, you know, Kawhi, if, if he comes Kawhi. back, let's see, because I think the target date was Thursday. Thursday, and he's not coming back Thursday. They, yeah. they pushed it back yet again, and at this point... Oh, they did? Yeah, yeah. They, it just came out this afternoon, uh, oh, okay. literally while we were in class. Uh, don't tell anybody. I got the sham notification. <laughs> but, but, so I, I, I think he's done for... I think the yeah. Spurs are smart. This just shut him like down. This Andrew Luck to me. If you remember, if, you, if anyone follows football, Andrew Luck in the summer. Oh, he, he's ready for training camp. Yep. Oh, okay, preseason. Oh, uh, here's know, preseason. No, he's going to be ready for week one. Just week one. Uh, he'll be ready. He hasn't any preseason. Okay, week two. Week two. Week four? Week six. Okay, nope, nope, no season. He's not going to play this whole season. Yep. He's just going to take it easy. He's going to go over to Europe and get some treatment. And it sounds like... By this time, he needs a bionic arm to yeah. throw the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every, anytime you go to Europe, it's a bad sign. But by this time, it sounds like Kawhi, and I don't want to I don't want to say this the way it's going to come out, but it sounds like he's had all the treatment, and it's up to him now. And I think that that is not something to be taken lightly. I think if he doesn't feel ready for it, he shouldn't do it. Yeah. Not only is he not playing on a, on a Warriors or a Rockets team that can win a title, or even a Thunder team that can win a title, he's playing for the Spurs, whose ceiling is a first-round exit. A competitive, At this point, a yes. A competitive first-round exit, even with Kawhi, a competitive first-round exit. But a first-round exit nonetheless. So if he's not comfortable with this organization – with his own body. Yeah, you got to think long term. You know, he does. there's reports that Jimmy Butler's going to come back just in time for the playoffs. Yeah. And with him, and I, you I think kinda, with I, a I torn meniscus, like, I get it. He's a competitive player. I get it that he feels like his team is good enough, but they are good with him, and they're great with him. They play. I mean, I told you a month or two ago, I do not want the Thunder to play them in the playoffs. Yeah, really or Portland. Good. I don't want to play or, Portland. Oh, definitely not Portland. If they had to play Portland, pack it up. <laughs> Let's just go home yeah. early. Yeah. Chalk up Portland. the L. Yeah. Yeah, they would not last seven game series with Portland. But back to back to what we're talking about. That would be dumb to come back. Just rest up and get ready for next year. You know, go back to the Timberwolves and give another run at it. Because what would be the end goal? Again. Are the Timberwolves good enough to win right now? I almost called them the the Twins again. (laughs) Twins. Are the Timberwolves good enough to win a title right now? And that's a resounding no. They're a good team. They're a very good team. You could argue. Shaky bench, but yeah. Yeah, you could argue that they're better than the Thunder, though. I wouldn't. I would say that I'd still take in the playoff time. Well, with Robertson. Yeah. Yeah, with Robertson. With Robertson, I think. But even this incarnation of the Thunder, I would take in the playoffs just because of experience. You know, Russ is going to turn it on. You pray Paul George will turn it on, and well, him not being the guy. He's never wanted to be the guy, so now he's finally not the guy. He's not the main focus, and that takes some pressure off of him come playoff time. So I appreciate that from that aspect from him. You pray Melo can give you 
two solid games, hopefully. And then I like your bench now. I like Patrick Patterson. I like Jeremy Grant. I like Josh Hustis off the bench. You know, and they put up fifty on the Spurs. You know, mm-hmm. and they were instrumental in that win because they had half the points since, since they've gotten back to being bench players. Because, like we said earlier, like you said yeah. earlier, their bench players trying to start and that just can't work, and they're no longer starting now. Oh, uh, so uh, yeah. Ever since you know the bench has been like solidified, like this is who's rolling out when. The rotations. I don't know why Ferguson's playing as much as he is this, like this close to the end of the yeah, season. And I just don't, I just don't get it. Like, like he's not good enough. And they, yeah. they refuse to accept that. Now I'm very high in Ferguson as well, but not for this year. Not this year, not now. He should have been playing the Josh Hughes role from last year. He this should have just been playing actually, the G League. Exactly. This team can actually do something. So there's no reason to experiment with with Terrence Ferguson. Yeah, with a rookie. Put like, Terrence Ferguson. Let him get minutes, valuable minutes, and developing the complete opposite of Hustis. Last year, Hustis. There was no reason for him to be in the G League because the team was not good enough to do anything. If, yeah, do if, anything. So let him play in the NBA. It's the complete opposite with Ferguson. He's not good enough to play in the NBA right now. He will be. He has tremendous upside. He he can he can you know. Fill he's been out. shooting the ball good as exactly. of late. And I don't think he's missed maybe a couple shots. Very but, good defense effort wise, and he yeah. can fill out his body in the off season. If he comes back this this next season after the after his first off season in the NBA, if he comes back and looks like Alex Abrinas did, because if you remember this uh, off season, he came back for training camp and preseason, and everyone said, "Oh my gosh, he's put on so much muscle. He's yeah, on, yeah. He's 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 huge now." If Ferguson can do that, my goodness. He'll be taking the NBA by storm. I mean, he's already electrified the city with dunks. Yeah. And he's already shown flashes of what he could be. But he's also shown flashes of he's not ready for the big stage. And to me, this is just a waste of time because you cannot play him in the playoffs. Yeah. There is no situation where he's going to be able to get into a playoff game. Because you're never going to blow anyone out in the playoffs. And he cannot handle playoff minutes. The The only thing wrong with him, well, like, not wrong, but like a detriment to him is his physicality. He mm-hmm. can't. You know, and he tries to be physical. He tries. He, tries, he, he tries moves his so feet hard. good. Like and, the fundamentals, I believe, are there. Oh, yeah. Like his shooting, he's oh, been yeah. shooting the ball. Fundamentally, he moves his feet. He's quick. He's athletic. He's shown uh, to move off the dribble. Uh, he's shown some off-ball stuff. He can take people off the dribble. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't get lost off-ball as much. He does on rotations. But like he just physically can't do it. And in the playoffs, you can't afford any – you want to limit the liabilities you have. Like, I think Alex Absolutely. should be playing the minutes. Uh, he now did let's play. Talk about that. Let's, yeah. playoff, let's talk about the playoffs. And this is forecasting. And even though I wrote an article about it, I, I said in the article three times, this team is not missing the playoffs. They're just not yeah. going to. It's going to be close. It's going to have you having a weird feeling in your stomach like, oh, no, oh, no. could they actually miss it? They're ultimately not going to miss the playoffs. Well, I think the Brewer helped them a lot. Uh, yeah, for sure. Because sure. he's made an immediate impact, and you just hope that you know he just keeps moving off ball. Like yeah. even if the shots from three aren't going down, just move. And we'll get to and that defend in a and steal. I have a very, very important observation to get. Yeah. I've had this take inside for a long time. I'm ready to get it out. But first, talk about the playoffs. It's forecasting. There's. I'm not even going to guess who their matchup will be in the first round because yeah, it can change it's so just. Much. But just this team. Not matchup, not based on matchup, but just this team. How are they going to line up in the playoffs? Like, what is going to be their rotations, their lineups? What their has ceiling? To yeah, I think. Let's talk about their rotations first, and then we'll the rotations because I think that their ceiling is arbitrary. But. Well, if you want to talk about like just ten man rotation, mm-hmm. of course you got the starting five, which Brewer should you know mm-hmm. still be in. Um, yeah, 
You got Felton. Oh, Brewer. Brewer is in no danger yeah. Yeah. missing the rotation. Plus, he plays good in the playoffs. He's, oh, he's been there before. He he, it's not like he's just some even if scrub. Though, like, it's Billy Diamond's guy. He's <laughs> not going to – it would be like me coaching the Thunder. I'm not going to sit Nick Collison. That's why I can't be an NBA coach because <laughs> I will just play Nick Collison 40 minutes a game because I love Nick Collison. And he's going to do that with Corey Brewer. And luckily for the fans, that's going to work because Corey Brewer is one of the best players that they have not named – Russell Westbrook, Paul George. Yeah, not an all-star. Yeah. Yeah. I th- yeah, but those five, you got Felton, Patterson, Grant. Uh, then after that, it gets kind of shaky. Like, who do you want out there? Uh, yeah. I think Alex. I think yeah. he, he's he been there before. I think. Even in overseas in so, Spain, so he's, he's been in some again. final. Uh, we'll got the starting five. Of course. Felton, Patterson, Grant. That's eight. Yeah, uh, I, think that, I think that in the playoffs, though, that's what happens. In the playoffs, your bench shrinks. Yeah. Are you going to sit Russ for an extended amount of time in the playoffs? No. He doesn't even sit for, for an extended amount of time in the regular season. So in the playoffs, I expect Russ 42 minutes a game, 45 minutes a game. I expect him to have a ton of minutes. Paul George, I expect him I think, to have I think, quite a few yeah. minutes. So I think that you're only, the only piece that's not going to play a lot is Carmelo. Yeah, Carmelo was about to say that. And that can't happen, though. As, no matter what you're feeling about Carmelo West, anyone out there, this is not going to be your dump on Carmelo. This show, isn't but, 2011. You know, this is 2012. Exactly. He's like, it's. I'm not being rude to Carmelo Anthony. I respect him as a as a human and as a basketball player, but he's not good. Like he's not good anymore. He's inconsistent on offense, which is his best asset to the Thunder. Is his offense, and he's inconsistent at that. He's terrible on defense. Absolutely terrible. So what you have to do is you have to play him, start him. Because he's a diva, he's not going to come off the bench. He's not going to agree to it, and you do not want to mess up the chemistry in the clubhouse, you know, the locker room. Because they respect him, yeah. Oh, three draft. Respect him. You do not want to do that. And, and Billy Donovan, quite honestly, and this is this, this part is definitely not shot at Billy Donovan. He is not going to do that to a future Hall of Famer because the Thunder have never done that. The Thunder have never had a coach to come in. Scott Brooks wasn't this guy that will coach all stars. They will let the all stars coach them. Peter Carlesimo never really had a group. I think he was done wrong by the Thunder. I would die on that hill. I think P.J. Carlissimo, with this current roster, would have much better success than Scott Brooks did. But he was never given the full thunder. He spent time in Seattle, came over, and like had 26 games in Oklahoma City. Yeah, and they, I think they went like 1-15. in 15. Because Scott Brooks was younger, and he had the glasses and the, and the cool hair, and people like Scotty Brooks. And so they gave him the I team. think Brooks is and a good I fundamental think, coach. I think like, Brooks is a good coach. I do. But I think P.J. Carlissimo... But in the playoffs, he's, you know, he's done some questionable playoffs, things. He has done questionable things, but I think he's a good coach. I don't want to take away from Scott Brooks. But, I think but he's that, done a lot. He's done a lot. But I think that P.J. Carlissimo is just older, and he will be able to tell these guys, hey, we're not doing X, Y, and Z. We're not playing hero ball with two minutes left in a 3-1 series. We're not going to fight, literally fight each other, Russ and KD, for the ball and make it go out of bounds and lose to the Warriors and blow a 3-1 lead. We're not doing that. You're going to get the ball or you're going to get the ball, and he'll drop that play that way. Scotty Brooks wasn't like that, and neither is Billy Donovan, and most coaches aren't, unless you're a Greg Popovich, unless you're a Steve Kerr even, whose players respect him. I'm not going to say that they don't respect Billy Donovan, but they have that trust with Steve Kerr that I don't feel like Billy Donovan has. And part of that is not Billy Donovan's fault. Part of that is no. because Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams are his only consistent players, not in the sense of play, in the sense of being on the roster. Yeah. I mean, he's been the, he's been the coach three, four years, and he's never had the same roster twice. Not even close. Like, the starting five has exactly. changed, like, three times. And so I can't blame him for that. Again, I'm not, I'm not going to fire Billy Donovan. I also wouldn't be upset if they did fire him. But, but I'm not going to say fire him because I think he's a fine coach. But... 
He's not going to sit Carmelo Anthony, even though he should. If we're just looking at basketball, we're not looking at factors. Yeah, from basketball sense sit. and non-financial and sense. He should yeah. sit, and he should come off the bench, and he should provide 15 minutes of just trying to play home. Because I think that offense is all he can provide you. I think that, that that's his ceiling as a playoff player. He He's done being a starter. Yeah. He can be a fake starter. We've talked about a fake starter you and I have. I use that term in the sense of he's in the lineup. He's going to be announced by the yeah. PA announcer, Carmelo Anthony from Syracuse. But he's not going to he's not going to play starter minutes. Starter minutes, yeah. And that's just kind of going to be to save face. If they want to win series, you need that defense from Patrick Patterson and even the offense, the spacing he provides. He doesn't just stand around. Yeah, and he's he a does, ball mover. He is a ball mover. When he does stand around, he gets someone out of the paint and gets a lane for Russ. There's a reason for everything that Patrick Patterson does. He's just a better player. In 2018, he's a better basketball player. Yeah. Now, sure, Melo will have games like the Rockets where he's lights out from three, and he's lights out on offense. But even the Rockets game, some of those shots, you cannot depend to go in. Like the shot that he, he made to pass the logo, okay? He shot it, and a defender literally fell on him, and he switched it. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. That's just not. That's just... It's not going to happen tomorrow, much less in the playoffs. I mean, that was just a lucky shot. So I think that his ceiling is going to be 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I'd say 15. 15 minutes of solid basketball. He'll come in, for example, let's say it's a situation like against the Timberwolves the first time when they drew up that beautiful play to get him open for three. He nailed yeah. it. Everything, everyone was going crazy. He'll come in on that situation. They'll call timeout to try to get a last-second offensive possession. He'll just do an offense-defense yes, switch out. Exactly. If it gets that close. Exactly, if it's that close. But if it's not that close, you've got to play Patrick Patterson the bulk of the minutes. We saw it in the game he sat out. He sat out for Portland, and Patterson was amazing. He was incredible. He was. Now they lost that game. And some of that was due to Carmelo Anthony being out, but not because he wasn't starting, because they lacked. They were one body short. This team already lacks depth. And you took yeah. a body away. Of course, you're going to be at a disadvantage. Well, another body because Robertson, but yeah. Yeah, that's two bodies, but but we've already factored in Robertson being out. Yeah. But that's two bodies that you've lost for one game off a of back-to-back. Of course, you're going to lose that game. But Patrick Patterson played great. And I get why people don't want to sit Mello. And I don't think the Mello trade was bad. I think Mello is Enos Kanter. And could you play Enos Kanter in the playoffs? No. no. Not, especially couldn't. not against you know the Rockets. Exactly. And Warriors was he but. great in, on offense down low? Yeah, he was. He was great, and that's what Melo is. He's a he's a better known Enos Kanter. Now around here, Enos Kanter was very known. Everyone loved Enos Kanter, but Melo worldwide is known. You know, he's a Hall of Famer. He is a Hall of Famer, and that's why they did it. <laughs> yeah. They did it to solidify this franchise. And they and like like we said earlier, this is a great franchise. They've tried and tried and tried to give us the best experience as fans. Whether it's bringing in All Stars, Hall of Famers, both. You know, they they've done everything they could. But in the playoffs, I mean, you just can't play Melo. And you wonder, like, past this year, what's going to happen with him? Oh, Especially he's opting in. He's opting in. He's yeah, taking but that money. You know Melo. You know Melo right <laughs> now. He is taking that money, and he's going to run all the way to the bank at Citizens National Tennessee <laughs> Bank. Cash in the check. Day. Yeah. He isn't, you know, he cares about But winning. just wonder, like, is he going to start next year? Let's say this whole roster comes back. Robertson's back in his spot. Now, now, hold on. Are we breaking news? Is, is Paul George back? <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I think. I think. Yeah, I don't think. Well, that's another. Save it. Save it for the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, let's say next year this whole team's back. Like, just the way it was. 
Like, is he going to be like still starting playing thirty minutes? And that's that, that's where it comes in. Okay. Like, yeah, he's going to be he's going to be here. I don't, and I don't yeah. think he'll ask for a trade. Like, no, no, I don't and think he, he wants to go this him. again. You cannot trade Melo in twenty seven, in twenty nineteen. By that point, you cannot trade Melo. The Thunder got mocked almost for trading for him. First of all, they didn't think that Melo would waive his no trade clause. But everyone was like, "Wow, you gave up assets for this guy!" And now it turned out that they gave up Enos Canner and Doug McDermott. And Doug has been traded, you know, so twice trade again. Yeah, he's been traded from the Bulls to the Thunder to the Knicks to the Mavs. I mean, and he's, and he's a fine player, but he's he was never going to be you know a future star i mean Sabonis, yeah. that's a future star oh uh, yeah I and think. they gave him up and they gave him up for a great reason especially if they can re-sign paul george save it for the next podcast <laughs> and and so but let's get back to on topic so you said next year this whole roster comes back and does he start they Basket- play starter minutes starter yeah minutes. basketball no because by be, then he'll be what 34 yeah and he would be a much and that's not a knock on mellow again i love mellow you know he's been great in the community. He raises he, the ceiling of the team. He raises the he raises the star power of the team on and off the court. And he's been great in the community. If you watch Thunder Insider, if you follow him on Twitter, he's always helping out people in Oklahoma City. And honestly, he doesn't have to. I mean, no one has yeah. to. It's nice, but this is their job, okay? And they're being forced to work here. He got traded. He didn't now he did agree to come. But he got traded, and he agreed to come because he didn't like New York. Then uh, anything they got out of New York, you yeah. know. If New York, if New York was just tanking, and they and they all love Melo, he'd stay. But anyway, that's beside the point. Basketball sense, no, he should not play starter minutes, and that is good for Melo. If he comes off the bench, I mean, he'd be a great bench player, a great one. Now that takes a lot of pride to swallow, and that's where Billy Donovan comes in. If he's still around next year, I think he will be. Yeah, Donovan. I think he will. I think both of them will still be here. Have you been able to connect with Melo on a personal level? Have you been able to connect with him to where you can say, hey, look, man, you know, thank you for what you did. Thank you for, for opting back in. Thank you for agreeing to trade here whenever everyone said no player will ever, no player will ever choose to yeah, play for Oklahoma City. And a major ha- player, yeah, no star. Major ever. And that's happened twice in a span of three months, in a span of one month, because they both, because Melo got here in August and Russ signed in August. Right? Yep. So, th- so in one month, they got two Hall of Famers because Russ is a Hall of Famer, so is Melo. Melo might be a Hall of Famer for... Actually, both of them might be a Hall of Famer for their college and NBA, but at least one or the other. Actually, both of them will be a Hall of Famer for both that, I think. Anyway, back to, back to the point. But this is where you have to have a, have a, have a relationship and have, have the ability to come up to somebody and say, Hey, look, man, you know, thank you for everything. It would be best for this team. It would be best for this franchise. And his career. Like, and he could career, play longer. It. Exactly. You can play longer just as an effective player. You can play longer any way you slice it. You can play longer if you'll agree to do this. And so if he does agree to do that, great. If he doesn't and we're in the same situation next year, that's terrible. I mean, that's terrible. Yeah, because, I mean, because we next saw year, it. I think, you get Grant back, okay? Let's assume that you get Grant back. Like you said, we have this whole roster again. Okay? Yeah, plus Brewer. Don't you expect to have Grant take another step? Because he's taking a step every single year. He's taken a step since he left Syracuse, went to Philadelphia. Philadelphia. And got traded here. He's taken those steps every single year, and you expect there to be at least one more step. So and is he, I think he just turned 24, too. Yeah, and so is he going to be a starter? If not... Patterson. Patterson. He Patterson signed a three-year deal. He signed a three-year deal to become the starter before this mellow thing happened. And if you just look at it like uh, matchup-wise on defense, 
you know, you, you got to hide him. Yeah. And a, he's a bigger guy it's now. It's hard to hide somebody. You can hide a stuff crew. You can hide a guard. There's, uh, it, guards are easy to hide. It's tough to hide somebody that that is going to play the four and get switched onto threes constantly. Yeah, just and like even the switch on to point guards. I mean, Rick Carlisle exposed yeah. him. Yeah, and I don't think there's a coach that's going to be good. That's going to be better than Rick Carlisle in the playoffs. I mean, Rick Carlisle's the best coach in the NBA, in my opinion. I think that no coach will be able to do that to the Thunder. And I think that Billy Donovan would be able to adjust if someone did try to do that. Now they wouldn't. He again wouldn't adjust in game. But you know, he's a <laughs> well, great not in like a, not in regular season game, yeah. but like playoff. I think he'd do it. Yeah. Yeah, probably he probably would too. And then you have to think: Is he going to switch to his zone? I mean, there's a lot of things he would do. We can get to that whenever we get to that. Yeah, but no, he should not be a starter next year if this whole roster comes back, and that's going to be a lot on Billy Donovan. Not just in the sense of being able to do it, being able to do it in such a way that Melo doesn't get hurt by it. Because Melo has been a true camp. He's been a, he's been a happy camper. He's, he's done a lot. He's, yeah. he's he's sacrificed shots. He's he's done. Okay, what do you want me to do? Take less shots. Okay, stop stop doing the twenty five jab steps and shoot a contested jumper. Okay, you can only ask him to do so much. And that's where, the, again, the relationship comes in with him. Yeah. Even if you look before the trade, you knew that this Thunder team was good enough to compete, but you just thought, like, at what level? You know, it was Paul, Russell, no, that's that's and, the you know, Patterson and, and Steven. And he, I think overall he helps you, like, just win games when you need a, you know, a big bucket. Mellow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and he br- puts more, you know, people in the seats. Yeah, and, and that's, that, that's a big part of it. And that's another reason why I was so impressed with this organization because of what you just said. He puts people in the seats. And I'm kind of surprised they even traded for him. Yeah. You know, and that was surprising regardless well. of the list, I didn't think they'd do it. Yeah. And that was surprising as well because it was a day before media days and you did not expect them to make another move. You thought they yeah. a big splash with Paul George, and it was. But back to what you said. You said this move puts people in the seats, no matter if you're a Thunder fan or not. It, yeah, it puts you on TV, too. In this area, it gets you in, into the Chesapeake Energy Arena, and you're watching the games because, wow, there's like three Hall of Famers at one point on just one team, not to mention whoever you go see them play. And that's that's something I, I admire this organization for, is because if you remember, a week before the trade deadline, what was the rumors about Blake Griffin? Paul George for Blake Griffin. Yeah. What would Blake Griffin do? He would bring – it would be a sellout every single night. You get to see Russell Westbrook every single night. You get to see him. And now you get to see a hometown star from the University of Oklahoma, from Oklahoma, yeah, just a state dominating in, in the in your first professional sports team uniform. That, that you get to see that. I mean, every night to be sold out. People love Blake Griffin. Yeah, love just like they do Buddy Hield and yeah, and, and, and so by Trey Young that. when he gets drafted. So you yeah, do the same Trae and Young. smart. Oh, this guy Trey Young. <laughs> Trey Young and even I mean, smart. Yeah. Oh, I would have loved Marcus Smart. Oh, my gosh. If they could have yeah. traded for Marcus Smart, I would have loved it. I hate Marcus Smart, especially going back to the Kansas man aspect of it. I hate him. But from a, Thunder, <laughs> from, a, from a Thunder standpoint, oh, man, that would have been amazing. But nonetheless, so, you know, we've been rambling for almost an hour. This is going to be probably the longest episode in Loud City Podcast history. The history is like two shows, but let's not talk about it. So what's the ceiling for this team? Well, as of now... You know, I think they get out of the first round. I don't think they'll fall to seventh or eighth unless it's tiebreakers. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a good point because they have lost all the tiebreakers because of their early. Yeah, season the meaningful struggles. ones. Yeah. I think they'll win the Spurs tiebreaker, but oh, at I that point, so. you know, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're gonna be the playoffs. Yeah. Now they might not even be a playoff team. They lost the one to uh, Portland because yeah. they like yeah they. 
Yeah, they lost three yeah, times. And the, the Timberwolves one's gone down the drain. And, you know, they don't have any more to, to win. That's true. And they even lost the one against the Pelicans because they only played three times. So, let's before we get into the, the uh, potential, you know, the ceiling, who would you rather play? You're going to play one of them in the second round. Houston or Which on my first or second? In the second round. Houston second? or Golden State. Who, which juggernaut would you rather play first? Whether it's in the first round, God, I hope not. Or <laughs> in, the, in the second round, who would you rather face? I'd rather face Golden State. Oh yeah. Just because Houston, they will switch on to Carmelo and eat him alive, mm-hmm. and uh, you know there's some like their bench that is way better so too. Much. That made me so upset. I mean, every single possession. Yeah, Carmelo th- was on Harden or or, or CP3. Back to the topic. I think <laughs> so, if Robertson was here, I'd oh, probably Houston because they they would clamp either, him down. Either if Robertson was still was still around, either I wouldn't care. If Robertson was still, I wouldn't care. Break. Tank. Tank can get the eight seed. Let's the <laughs> in the first round if, if Robertson was here. Uh, if he was here, I think they'd be like oh on a gosh. 20 game win streak. I mean, they were playing so well before he got hurt. I mean, yeah. Paul George might have already signed if he was still here. But yeah, he he basically just said one of them to be defensive player of the year yeah. when they were both in the yeah, lineup. The, a lot of Paul George, a lot of Paul George's votes, uh, and and a lot of people saying he should win the defensive player of the year. I think a lot of that comes from. Andre and his ability to create for Paul George on defense because people forget that on defense you still have chances to create for your teammates. It's not just on offense. You know you can make up for their laps, or you can frazzle, you know, or frazzle your your person that you're guarding into making a mistake, and another person has to be in the right spot at yeah. the time. And Paul George is, and that's a credit to Paul George. But he made everyone better on defense, and including the elite defender like Paul George is. Yeah, he, the, even the stats, you know, he was getting like one without him. And now, like when he was in the lineup with Robertson, he was getting like two, three yeah. and, and almost steals a game. Robertson, he's not guarding the best player. He could be, and he is now. He could always be guarding the best player. He's a great defender. But it made him look even better, not only because of Andre's ability to make people uncomfortable, but because he didn't have to guard the best player, and he's, yeah. he's up for the challenge, he's great at it. I think I think that would play a to. decision, in, you know, looking at this off season for yeah. Paul, because yeah, you know they I were sixteen and zero when they were finally clicking. They were sixteen and zero with that full starting lineup. Plus, let's say you know you've seen Grant Brewer, mm-hmm. uh, all these proven guys. You know, Felton. I mean, think about Brewer providing that off the bench. That's why I think Josh Cause, cause Ferguson might be gone. A, I mean, excuse me, Grant provides a spark. Yeah. Now think about double the spark for a, of a better word. <laughs> double the spark off the bench. I mean that'd be that'd be a very good bench lineup. Felton, uh, Brewer, Abrinas. Uh, you know, I don't think Abrinas in there. You got to find. Brinus I don't know if, and I don't think he's just will be back either. I don't think uh, just because of minutes, and shots. Yeah. yeah. But now let's talk about the ceiling. What do you think? Now realistic and also best. It's going to be hard. A hard <laughs> line to walk. Realistic and best. Ceiling well, let's see. If like first round, let's say they get three to five. That means they'll play Portland. No, maybe you think that their ceiling's gonna be a three seed. If if only if Portland starts now, losing, see, that's a good thing because I, I can because I, I think they're tied in wins. Right? There's yeah. just a loss column that they're three yeah, games I can, behind. I can yeah. totally see Portland wearing up and, and coming down from this hot streak because eventually you're gonna play down to your average and. Is the Thunder average going to be better than the Portland average? Yeah. No one knows yet. You know? and, and you're saying that the best case would be, yeah. So let's say that they get the three seed then. I think if they're the three seed, they face off what? The sixth? Yeah. And that could be... If they're the three seed, they'd, they'd play, yeah, the sixth. The sixth. And that could be... And right now, the sixth is, is Minnesota. 
in Minnesota but again, I mean, this is without Butler. And even if he comes back, he's not going to be 100%. No way. There's no way he's 100%. So I think they could win that. Uh, yeah, do you think that there's a chance that they beat Golden State or Houston? Percentage wise, percentage wise. If it's Houston now, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just, but you know, then you have to look at the opposition. Harden and uh, Chris Paul. What have they done in the playoffs? Yeah. Even in the OKC days for Harden, you know that finals he played up good up until yeah. they needed him, and he shot like trash. You know he did, and he shot very trash. <laughs> and even when he's by himself, he hasn't done much. And so. You're saying that they're going to get knocked out in the second round? That's that's our ceiling as the second round exit without Andre if, with the context. If let's say if they face Golden State in the second round, mm-hmm. I I give them a chance just because mentally. Okay, I, what would be your percentage chance against both? If you had to go zero percent to one hundred percent against both teams, what well, what is it? Against Houston, like twenty to thirty. Wow! Without 20, Robertson, I'd take twenty percent right yeah, now. Yeah, with Robertson. I, yeah, it's with just, Robertson, it's much higher. Yeah, like but, eighty. But let's 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 continue to work yeah. on the, the current construction that they don't have Andre. And then Golden State. I honestly think Golden State's a little bit higher. I, I give them thirty, high maybe high thirty. Okay. I think mentally they're not you know they're not afraid of them. They got yeah. I think mentally they have the edge over them. They beat them twice already. Mm-hmm. So they split the tiebreaker. You know that's mentally and, an advantage. That's big. I mean they're gonna at least they're they beat them there and here mm-hmm. so. They they believe and know they can beat them anywhere. They still have one more matchup with them, you know. But at worst, they're going to split, split the season yeah. series, and that's huge. I mean, they're still a good team. I would think that their their ceiling is a three. Their realistic option is going to be a four still. And yeah, or the five per- even. The percentage to beat Houston, I mean, fifteen. That'd be that'd be the best fifteen percent. That's the best I can give you as fifteen against Golden State, though. I mean, we've seen this team play Golden State. And, and you I, know Golden State won't, you know, uh, hunt or hunt uh, Carmelo, mm-hmm. and they won't do all that stuff. And you know, like you can kind of hide Carmelo yeah, and Draymond a little bit, yeah, yeah. And I think that's going to be a forty percent chance that they win. I mean, that's that's a good matchup for the Thunder team. Because, I think they match up good with Golden State because the, even the now. Warriors aren't the same Warriors that they've been. First of all, winning takes a toll on you. Playing extra games takes a very big toll on 100 you. games for four years exactly i mean you've been playing extra games and two extra miles. two month we, off seasons we've talked about that with lebron for years this is the yeah. same thing here uh the only person that's done it is kevin durant and he played with the thunder up to the west conference finals almost every year so he's been also playing a lot of a lot of more games than usual and that team even depth wise they're just a, a lot older they're a very old group and I think that the Thunder and their bench is not good. You know, they, even you look at the off season, they're like, oh, they got all these shooters. Oh, yeah. Turns out yeah. they can't shoot. Yeah, or they can't find minutes. And I think that that plays into the Thunder's hand because we've questioned their motivation. The Warriors, we've questioned it all year. I don't think they were going to be able to question it in the playoffs. I think that they're going to get back on it in the playoffs, but that's hard to do. I mean, that's still a risk. Is is banking on being able to turn it on in the playoffs? Yeah, but I think that they'll be able to. But I also think that the Thunder will find another gear in the playoffs. I think they have a 40% chance to win. I think, Obviously, that doesn't mean that they're going to win it. That's 40%. That's not yeah. even 50%. But there's a chance. There's a much better chance than Houston. I think this is what they've been waiting for, though. Just oh, yeah. the team. Especially like, Russell Westbrook. You can tell yeah. me about how they've, they've squashed the beef with him and KD. I don't care. Whenever it comes to you, them going head-to-head. You just want. You can see. like He wants to get to the playoffs, and he wants to you know face Golden State in that second round. Absolutely. And I think that if they did pull that off, that's this is why I want – Golden State early, very early, way before Houston. If they pull off the upset, if they beat the Warriors, 
the momentum, which I don't really truly believe in game to game, but in a situation like this, I would believe in it. The momentum. Just because of the mental, like. The mental. Yeah. And, the mental. An emotional edge, you know, we beat them. Yeah, everything, everything. Momentum carries them to a win over the the Rockets. And if you can get over the Rockets, you're going to win the finals. Like, you're going to win a championship in Oklahoma City. If you can, because I don't trust Cleveland, you know. I don't trust any team in the the East for anybody. I think that the Western Conference Finals this year, no matter who's the matchup, that's, that's the is, winner. That's the NBA Finals. It's Unless, the, like, someone gets hurt in the Finals, you know, like, yeah. three years ago. Yeah, but like, sure. Or Draymond gets suspended again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, so, barring anything. And that's another thing that Thunder have. They have the ability to get into Draymond's head. Now, everybody does. But they have it even yeah. more so. He's only one tech away. Exactly. And so, I think they can bait Draymond in the playoffs. But, so we've talked about it. You think that they have a, a 20% chance to beat the Rockets. Yeah. So, I mean, in likelihood, we both think that they're going to go out in the second round. So, next podcast, we'll talk more. We'll be more organized, first of all. We're going to actually have an outline. We just literally decided to do this. and then the Top internet, of the head, yeah. Yeah, and then the internet wouldn't work at, on campus and couldn't get an outline out. But this, I hope you've stuck with us. It's been a very long podcast, an hour long. Wow. <laughs> Might been, have to edit some stuff out. <laughs> It's been very long. It's been very random. I mean, we've we've jumped from place to place. Yeah. But again, I mean, we're just two guys having fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With no outline at all, just off the cuff. That'll be that'll be a lot better next time. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. You know, you can find me again on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. I'm trying to get Xavier to get a Twitter so you can follow him there for all his takes. You can follow the podcast at Loud City Pod at Loud City Pod. That's that's all you gotta know. Uh, anytime you have questions you can tweet the show at Loud City Pod with the hashtag AskLCP and we'll get to your questions we'll answer any of them that you got basketball or otherwise Xavier do you have anything else that you want to say? Uh, no hope Thunder win today it's Atlanta oh yeah uh, this is a huge week for the Thunder I don't want to get back on a whole new show yeah. this is a huge week yeah. they better win they better win these next two you know, games Terry and Prince and John Collins versus oh, yeah. the world Baysmore's <laughs> out there's really no excuse no but excuse. you know just Hope Thunder win. Mm-hmm. They got to win this week. Beat the Clippers. So those have been very long. Usually we'll we'll do a week preview, a week ahead preview. But we've already kept you for an hour. Uh, we'll get out of your hair. We'll get out of your phone, your computer, whatever you're listening on. Next week, again, much more organized, much better format, and we'll preview the Thunder week ahead and hopefully answer your questions if you send any in. So thank you for listening. This has been the Loud City Podcast, and I will see you next time. Yep.